Marcus Marcus controls the power and wealth of a vast military and religious empire. Yet one horrific crime threatens to destroy everything in his world. Addled by drugs and grief, Marcus Marcus begins a trans-dimensional journey that will ultimately force him to confront a dark and devastating truth. Chapter 15 Bad things happen after the medical examination. When I opened my eyes again, feeling groggy and confused, I was lying in a bed with Gath bending over me. For a delightful moment, the preceding hours absented themselves from my brain, and I was certain that following a romantic walk in my gardens, my royal companion and I were now retiring to bed. The fact that the good doctor was wearing her light blue medical smock only added to my fantasy. But as I sat up, I noticed I was wearing the smart but casual clothes I use for informal speeches and celebrations, not romantic perambulations. Suddenly, reality smacked me hard in the head not so much with images of my awful day, rather with a swift and vivid kaleidoscope of emotions, anticipation, rejection, insecurity, boastfulness, humiliation and fear. I flinched as Gath bent closer. Be still, Marcus. If I wanted to assassinate you, I would have picked somewhere less obvious. She gave a smile but I did not see the humour in my situation. Besides the guards jamming up the corridor, there's one sitting in the seat just there. She stepped aside, and I saw the muscly woman from the truck. She nodded her big square head and grunted. I'm safe. And well, said Gath, at least the preliminary tests have shown up no physical symptoms. She then asked me a curious question. How much fun do you have in your life? Fun, I replied. I have fun every day. I mean fun from within. Within what? I laughed. From within yourself. A glib answer rolled onto my tongue, but even as I opened my mouth to speak it, a white, hot pain exploded inside my chest. My body spasmed and I uttered a soft, idiotic oof. Just as suddenly the pain vanished. Yeah, I knew it was merely pausing to gather its strength. Ugly Mug was up quick as a flash, big gun locked and loaded and demanding, what the fuck is happening, Doc? As Gath turned to answer, the pain returned, savage and snarling, blazing through every fibre of me. Despite all that I had lived through, nothing compared to this awful agony. An agony so vast and violent, I was thrown out of the bed by the force of it, slammed hard onto the tiled floor. Gath and the guards tried to grab me, but that pain tossed me around the room like a paper boat in a storm. 
Images of the room and its occupants flashed by and distorted weird angles. But I, Marcus Marcus, who'd seen more of blood, death and treachery than any living person should, would not allow the pain to defeat me. I glimpsed a chair against a wall and swam tempest-tossed and choking towards it, grasped the metal frame of it and hissed such curses and threats as would make a demos guard blush. The pain retreated. I struggled into the chair, sat on it. The guard stood in front of me, looking terrified. Doubtless my dying on her watch would not have been a good career move. Gath just looked angry. Are you quite finished? She asked. I'm not even started, I retorted. My royal companion shrugged, handed me a glass filled with water. I drank it down, asked for more. Without speaking, Gath turned to the door, opened it, and waited for me to get up and follow her. We walked down a corridor with Ms. Muscles clumping behind and guards clicking their heels to attention. As he walked towards a door marked examination room, my chest still burned with pain, but every step I took was more assured than its predecessor. There could be no doubt now that my body was sickened. I knew this. Gath's own instruments would prove it, and then, finally, whether it be by pill or incision, Something would be done to end my affliction. Though an exhausted optimism propelled me onwards, I remained aware enough of my surroundings to pause halfway down the corridor. For there, in a shallow indent, about four feet from the ground, stood a three-inch figurine of Beatrice, the goddess of forlorn love and benediction, wrapped and a hood and cape of blue embossed with little silver tears. I nodded to her, and without thinking whispered, Many are the mirrors, my dear. I touched my right index finger to my lips, then transferred the kiss gently to the goddess. My smile broadened as I winked at her and spoke my own personal plea. Take care of us, fools, my dear. Take care of us all. Gath was waiting in the examination room. She poured me another glass of water, then, after I gulped it down, introduced me to a man who stood quietly watching us. This is Dr. Lammer. Your security detail demanded that a second opinion be sought. My working in the almshouse on my routine bro bono shift at the same time as you were flipping out was regarded as a troubling coincidence. Dr. Lammer will do the test, whilst the officer here watches. Dr. Lammer was short and dark, and completely unflustered by having so important a patient. Would his excellency please sit here? I sat down. The small man invited the security guard to examine the chunk of medical machinery beside me. This she did, by eye, hand, and electronic scan. She even knelt down and examined the floor. 
Satisfied, she stood up and ordered the doctor to proceed. Without asking my permission, the doctor hooked me up to all manner of twisting wires, long intrusive probes, and a faintly fizzing synapse reading skullcap. Blood was extracted, saliva swabbed from my mouth, little lights, yellow, blue, red, flickered on and off and on. Around me machines beeped, hissed, and unsettingly creaked and groaned. Gath left the room. Over the next hour or so, the doctor quietly offered explanations, but none of it registered with me. I sat watching the guard as she grimly watched the equipment. When the examination was over, Lammer stepped out. He returned a moment later, accompanied by Gath. Lammer handed a dozen or so sheets of graph-filled papers to the guard. Here are the results. Apart from a brief surge in blood pressure, adrenaline and testosterone, nothing physical seems to have happened to His Excellency. The guard looked up from the graphs. What caused the surge? Lack of rest, suggested the doctor. Too much stress, too much responsibility, media intrusion, lack of privacy, all the usual problems of fame. Perhaps you would like to join me in my office and I'll answer all your questions. He placed a small hand on the guard's solid arm, then turned to me. Would his excellency mind if I took this guard away for five minutes? Sure, as long as she brings a coffee back for me. Lammer smiled. I would suggest less stimulants for his excellency. Just fucking go, Lammer, snapped Gath. Lammer nodded. The giantess beside him looked around the room, then fixed her gaze on Gath. I'll post someone outside, your excellency, just in case. When we were alone, Gath pulled over a seat and sat down beside me. In the long silence, fear began to creep inside my skin and bones. Not fear of assassination or any other kind of death. I was suddenly very afraid of living the rest of my life alone. I was not in love with Gath, that was sure, but over the years I had come to appreciate and need her company and her patience, but I realised now her patience was at an end. To salvage what we had required a drastic remedy. I was delusional enough to think I knew what the remedy was. Over the last couple of weeks, I had carried a golden ring in my pocket, but I'd never yet managed to do the deed. The time had never seemed correct. Now was as good, or as bad, a time as any. I looked dumbly at the lines, graphs, charts and glyphs, my hand in my pocket rubbing the golden band. So what is wrong with me? I asked, curious now. Gath closed her eyes, her brow wrinkled. She rubbed her face with one of her big strong hands. She looked tired, tired but pretty good. A thirst was on me again, a strong druth that would only be sated by a good drink and a handsome woman. Physically, there is nothing wrong with you. Go home. Stay there. Try and go a full week without partying. 
See what happens. Can I call you? That big hand rubbed her cheeks and nose, worked its way down over her lips, momentarily distorting them before coming to rest on her chin. The lips, nose and cheeks all looked good and flushed after their brief squashing. Gath smiled and moved her head from side to side. Only if your heart hurts, Marcus. Only if your heart hurts. My heart is hurting now, I said. I took my hand out of my pocket, but I know the pain would ease if you accepted this. I opened my hand. The ring rested on my palm. Illuminated by the strip lightning above, it seemed to glow with hope and anticipation. But Gath just stared at me, her eyes blazing with anger. No, she whispered, not now, not ever. Next thing, her fist was flying towards my face. I made to duck, but just then her body twisted backwards. She writhed on the ground as thin lines of electric light spat up and down her body. In the doorway, the security guard stood, a small black device in her hand. Thanks for listening to the latest chapter of Marcus Marcus and Hurting Heart. Be sure to tell all your friends, family and ancient enemies about the story. If you like it, rate it, review it, pass on the word and subscribe on Podbean, iTunes, Player or your favourite podcast app. Drop me a line on Twitter at Havering Rab. If you want to know more about what I do, check out my website, rabfultonstories.weebly.com.